Welcome to Dreamcast Podcast, Episode 4. This is a show where we take your submissions, print them out, ignite them, and light our cigars, and discuss our own dreams and ideas with, uh, with the intent to make some beautiful musicals and some beautifully terrible musicals. Uh, I am Joe Rojas. And I'm Martin Giannini. <laughs> um, yeah, dude, we are, this is our fourth episode. Doing, I, we made it, okay, man. Right? You know, yeah. You know what they say: you make it to four. That's right. you know, that's where the easy living starts. That's yep. Absolutely. I re- I really appreciate your antagonizing our audience in the intro, like yeah, because we're there. It's time. It's time. It is time. <laughs> right. I'll I'll, um, I'll be nicer next time. I promise. I promise. No, you should. This should just this yeah. This should just be a pre- precipitous like decline into outright hostility towards right. those who have chosen to spend their days listening to us. We dare um, people to listen to us. <laughs> exactly. Just <laughs> all. It's, it's all the more degrading when they come back yep. for more. Absolutely. Um, and that is what we're in this for. Because yeah, that's how we get off. Um, that is. So, uh, so here we are, man. Four episodes yeah, in. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm like, it's the lifestyle is still, um, it's I'm still reeling from, and so many changes, you know. Oh yeah, um, man. Yeah. Um, I I received the order of the British Empire, um, you? which you know last week, which was great for you know cultural contributions. Hell um, yeah, dude. Yeah, man. And I know I know you've received some honors as well. Um, but um, I don't know. Should we talk about the um? We were approached by the Illuminati. Nothing's certain yet. But Nothing I mean, is certain yet, and I believe into... that Mister Fliff kind of got us an audience. He, uh, yeah, he did. He, I mean, it's nothing certain. Nothing certain yet. Nothing's but I mean, right? We were approached. We were right. approached. We um, were, which is good. And we're so confident that we're talking about it in public. Yeah. So the, uh, yeah. Suffice it to say, the world is much smaller now that I've been privy to some of the uh, secrets of the Illuminati. Um, Mm-hmm. They give but, you the one sheeter, just like it's just, yeah. just to wet your beak. Yeah. So. Yeah. Anyway, we'll talk more about it in Davos. Absolutely. So, you know. Yes. Yeah. Um. But uh. But listen, man. Like so. So we're three for three, pretty much. Because Batman, yeah, man, did that. I mean, it didn't exactly hit the way that I thought it would hit, but it hit big, just in a different way than I guess we initially set out to do so yeah do you want to talk do you want to talk talk to the people about that a little bit absolutely um i think it had more of a cultural effect uh on like, the world as a like, whole yeah yeah like across the zeitgeist yes um yeah. it did better than we could than anyone else could have imagined i think it did mm-hmm. just as good as you know we were expecting um the interesting thing is that they are already doing two things they are working on a hundred different international casts of the show apparently the world needs to see this show Mm -hmm. um and they're already planning the 10-year anniversary gala for for batman the musical 
So um, normally I would consider that hubris, but right, I mean, come right. on, it's only expected. So, um, but what what was the critical response? Because we can get into sort of how, because again, like even to call this a theatrical property at this point, it's like yes, there is a theatrical element, but it's almost a uh, like it's a front. It's sort of like a Potemkin front for what yes. is really making the money on the Batman pro- property on the Batman project. Yeah. Um, but before we get there, I mean, let's. Can, do you do you have the um, the critical response? I do, and uh, and I think I know what you're getting at too, which is good. I think we're on the same page here. But I yeah, do have yeah. um, I do have the uh, Ben Brantley pull quote from the New York Times. Um, we're gonna be the death of that guy. We are. Uh, oh man. But he was he was our, he was our good buddy and friend for this one. So I'm gonna I'm gonna lay it on you here. Ben Brantley says, "I'm left with traces of words organized on the shores of my mind like gift shop magnets on a fridge. I saw Keanu Reeves on stage, on Broadway, as Batman, and he sang. My expectation of another superhero mega budget musical was mired in the bile of Spider-Man: Turn Off the Dark." So I was prepared to look at my wristwatch the entire night. A cast seemingly hurled from a hat, the ensemble coalesced in probably the only version of Gotham City I'll ever enjoy and reflect upon. Mr. Reeves' weighted portrayal made the caped crusader larger than he should be, a hulking bruiser of a Batman. Combine that with Mr. James Stewart as a burdened yet stalwart Alfred, and you have, I hate to say it, a superhero musical... That should be seen by everyone. How about that, dude? Wow, man! Wow, we've we've he's very close to snapping because that right. read more like one of Colonel Kurtz's diaries in Apocalypse Now <laughs> than anything else. That was yes, right. <laughs> he, is, he is unspooling. He is. I don't know. <laughs> Which is yeah. I don't think he knows what it's like to see very many good musicals or to like very many musicals in general. So this is uh, this is very pleasing. No, no, it is. And so, again, like the it's 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 uh, it's sort of weird to say, but like as successful and 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 now, I mean, let's just say what it is beloved of success as the Batman uh, as the Batman property has has become and top to bottom from the cast to the to the to the the. The artistic elements, the composing, and the lyric—I mean, everything has sort of won plaudits and and, and accolades. And right. um, uh, did we get into the Tony Awards this year? Or are we going to be eligible for next year? I didn't uh, see that. They want us to perform both years, and I think nice. they they would like to split up uh, the the technical uh, achievements of the show and then the acting achievements of the show. So there's a chance we may be in both. That's cool. That's cool. That'd yeah. be good because you're like, yeah, you don't want to, you don't want to sweep the awards no. both years. It just never good. Like, yeah, it's a yeah. Um, yeah. but the uh, uh, this the interesting thing is as as acclaimed as the theatrical property has become, mm-hmm. it's the what shall I say the the mushrooming of the um the unforeseeable mushrooming of the opening night party event yeah uh, that continues to this day yep um did you see that roosevelt island is no longer visible on google earth yeah they had it, to yeah it's gone it's like blacked out yeah, yeah exactly it's, it's um, like it was like cheney's house during the bush administration yeah. it's just like you can't see <laughs> yeah um so are it's you patrolled familiar? 24 hours a day by the coast guard and the navy yeah. it's yeah. very much a um 
turned into a Escape from New York or a Most Dangerous Game Island. Uh, this has been taken over by the by the criminals. Um, it is no well, longer open to the public. But it's not even the criminals. It's like it. This is like it's just like some sort of cross between like Westworld and The Purge. Yeah, dude. Where like the hyper wealthy pay us unbelievable sums of money to to live in a in a not a consequence free environment because right. people get killed all the time including sure. you know the patrons themselves and they have to sign waivers right. um but uh uh in a in a in a in a chaotic and orderless uh environment uh right. for for the length of their stay where yeah. they they are the criminals they are the heroes they are the the bystanders and the civilians um everyone there who was doing anything is paid yeah. um it pay, pays to be there and it's just uh it's just like this what it, remember like in Pinocchio like Pleasure Island oh yeah know? dude yeah where they are all just like they're just there you know fulfilling just their <laughs> their the raw raging id yeah. um yeah man but it's like affected the city too the funicular gondola that goes between Roosevelt Island and and the east side is now basically just a sniper's nest yep you know just to you know to to make sure that nobody nobody gets onto the mainland Manhattan Right. You have to sign a pain waiver now to get on the F train, so mostly mostly no one takes it anymore. <laughs> no it's uh it's changed the landscape of the city, man. It very much has, and it's the only way, I'll be honest, uh, that we were able to keep the rock as part of the show. Um once he found out he was dispatching of some undesirables every night, he threatened that was to quit. Not an easy conversation. No, but no. we saved it in the sense that we we asked him Hey, Mr. Johnson, can you be our hero and go try and fix Roosevelt Island? So he's currently there um, trying to suss it out with the kingpin there and uh, hopefully, um, you know, hopefully make it normal again, though it still remains uh, a huge uh, moneymaker. So we are we're casually in his corner on this. Yeah, he's the hero we need. He's the hero we need. If not the hero we deserve. Right. Certainly not the situation he himself deserves. That he, what what a good man. Yes, to, absolutely, to dude. Trying trying to, uh, you know, he thinks he's trying to fix our screw up, but in the in in reality, he is he is very much enabling us to to continue our, um, I don't know, our uh, rampage of of malfeasance. Absolutely, uh, as it were. Speaking <laughs> of rampaging, uh, rampages of malfeasance, mm-hmm. what what is next? What is next for our our fledgling production company? Okay, here we go, dude. I um I create. I thought long and hard about this, and I wanted to <laughs> uh, accurately introduce or effectively introduce this. So I, I prepared something. Uh, I prepared something. A statement that I uh, oh, am oh, going wow. to okay. am going to uh, read. And uh, I'm all ears. All right, here we go. I'm going to open a window for you and for our dear listeners, a window that looks into my childhood, more specifically, the formative passage wherein I believe self-conscious wonder was first experienced, where I was at the tip of the rabbit's fur looking out at a universe of everything and potentially nothing. Now, the ever-consistent harbinger of balance that the universe is, almost concurrently, this was also the time I realized where there were things I would never experience perspectives I would never look from, fierce curiosities never satiated. When I was a boy, we had loads of movies on VHS in our home, mostly cartoons, mostly Disney. And while I watched those Disney movies on the reg, 
The two VHS cassettes I watched most of all up until they were ragged, and I had to have my father actually splice sections of the cassette tape together, were The Adventures of Superman and Gulliver's Travels. These cartoons, uh, Superman was a collection of shorts and Gulliver's Travels was a feature-length animation, were both by the seminal and distinct cartoonist Max Fleischer. They were released in the 1930s and 40s, long before me, long before my parents. And to this day, I'm not sure why we even had them. I suppose I could ask them, but I prefer the mystery, the stork of creation leaving them in my childhood home. Anyhow, as reference... Max Fleischer created Betty Boop and the first screen-animated Popeye, all for Paramount Studios. Now at that time, my fervent fandom for Superman hadn't birthed itself. It was very much Gulliver's Travels all the time, Fleischer's superb adaptation of Jonathan Swift's classic book. The portion of Lemuel Gulliver's adventures Fleischer chose to depict took us to the island of Lilliput, inhabited, of course, by the Lilliputians. Gulliver being a giant of some magnitude among these bewildered and awestruck Lilliputians was very much a gentle explorer with a knack for diplomacy. After some initial misunderstanding, they both took a liking to each other, and in some beautifully animated scenes, the Lilliputians set up a complex system of scaffolding and pulleys to, among other things, give Gulliver a shave. Like ants on a log, shaving foam was lathered over Gulliver's face by tiny workers, and a Lilliputian tasked with the actual shaving uses a sickle to give Lemuel that close shave. I wanted to be that Lilliputian with a sickle hanging from a pulley. Now thankfully, our imagination as children is still source distilled, so much in fact that my favorite chore as a child was to rake the leaves, for it was at that weekly appointment with my front yard when winter was round the corner that I was transported to Lilliput. I was shaving Gulliver's face, row by row. I had the perspective. I was viewing something no one else ever had. I felt as if I knew what it was like to live in a world where there were literal giants. Then the yard was clean. My sojourn from reality was over. I put the rake away until the next shave. This is the perspective I want to give to you, dear listeners. I want you to see the world through the eyes of Lilliputians, I want you to see the world through the eyes of Gulliver. And it's in this pantheon of two, Martin and me, that we will bring to Broadway and the world Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, the adventure musical where the audience gets shrunk also. We're doing uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, dude. Yes. Wow. Man, it's an honor to do this podcast with you. (laughs) That was really, really great. <laughs> Thank you. That was really good. I mean, honestly, I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, you know, goofing around with my nonsensical, like, bad improv <laughs> bullshit. And you're like, you're like actually saying some really cool things. That was really, really fun. Um, awesome. Wow. Thanks. Yeah, man. Uh, honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Yes. That is, so Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, colon, the colon, adventure yes. musical where the audience gets shrunk also? Yes. It is part of the experience. I really, really like that the last word in the title of the show is also. (laughs) Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, the adventure (laughs) musical where the audience gets shrunk also. Um, This is really... So, all right. So, I just need to... I I have to ask, like, from the jump. We're shrinking the audience? 
Do you mean this? I have to ask because we have been imbued with these um, these incredible powers, right? Um, and and you know that's on the table. The mm-hmm. actual the actual shrinking of human beings. Um, should we want to pull the trigger on? And as 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 we said last time, not without cost. Sure. There, it, whenever we avail ourselves of these um, of these, you know, these sort of deity powers Mm -hmm. um we are incurring some sort of of an indebtedness the cosmic indebtedness the um that will be that will be paid out in one form or another right right. um uh that's a that's a longer and and less funny conversation sure you know reveal over time (laughs) um you know not not to not to get too sinister uh because this is a fun family podcast of course uh but uh but so is this the perception of being shrunk or is this the literal uh experience of of being molecularly reduced dude i think it has to be that literal experience with the powers okay, that we let's... have you know okay man okay i love it i Th- love it there's some there's some logistical issues that we will have to pay people to iron out but mm-hmm. i think in general if we're able to shrink people we should do it. You know I what love I mean? It. I love it. I love it. There's also got to be a robust fetish community of uh, of 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 people who who want to be shrunk down, who want to be, Dude, um, of course, you know, tiny. Yeah. Um. I don't. I can't say for certain, but I would be shocked if that were not a thing. <laughs> right. I mean, much much weirder things than that are. <laughs> are extant right um so we could be certainly i mean like you know that's not gonna be um enough of a critical mass to Mm. to you know service your your overhead but um that that's gonna be a lot of your repeat business sure people need to you know they need to keep coming back to get their fix yeah i mean Um, there's definitely a healthy community and uh, of 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 those who like to be who imagine themselves to be super tiny um, and I had to do some some safe Google searching for this, and uh, <laughs> turns out there there is a uh, there is a a. Uh, I, you, I love you. You put everything on the line for this project, yeah, man. Dude, I, I had to. You, um, I did put my <laughs> internet browsing history on the line. You're definitely on some like federal watch lists, <laughs> yeah. you know. Now, right. <laughs> so apparently, it's called macrophilia, um, and it's a. I, wouldn't, I thought it would. I, I would think it would be microphilia. Yeah, me right? too, dude. But apparently. Well, this is what this is what Wikipedia says. It says it's I fa- guess it must be because what you're attracted to is the hugeness, yes, the, the, exactly. the relative hugeness of everything else of your right. of your sexual partner or, right. or of you know whatever. Right. So it's not so much about being tiny as it is about the other being huge. Sure, exactly. It's like the the, the attack of the fifty foot woman or something. That was very yes, much a right. um a very sexualized representation of of a woman as a giant and. Um, yeah, it's, it's basically the, according to Wikipedia, it is a fascination with or a sexually fantasy involving giants, more commonly expressed as giantesses, uh, or giantesses, female giants. It's typically a male, yeah, it's typically a male fantasy with the male playing the smaller part, uh, entering, being dominated or being eaten by a larger woman. I don't want to have any of those things happen. Um, <laughs> we can't. We can't have any of that. <laughs> right. That's, 
we're not <laughs> we're not gonna have any of those things right take place right um okay got it so i mean but I, I don't know but we're hinting at it we're it's, hinting it's at tantalizing it. right. the fact that it doesn't happen is is probably you know yeah got the, it the people that they, want they don't, that to they happen don't get will to finish. come and see it right right yeah <laughs> um now i don't think what i was like i don't think my fascination with gulliver as a child is that oh you know what oh i mean or maybe okay. uh, you know i don't maybe it's a maybe there's a different word for it you know um who knows but i just think it's uh giants and tiny people conceptually are pretty cool and i think uh yeah man you know honey i shrunk the kids capitalized on that it absolutely no yeah. it's it's uh, yeah the, it, having your perspective massively shifted mm-hmm. in any way is is fascinating whether it's you know seeing it's why we look out of airplane windows oh it's, yeah dude you know it, yeah. it, it's um Anytime you can, you can have your your normal um, perspective uh, dialed up or down or back sure, or sure. forth or whatever, you know, in some made made different in some radical way, right. it's going to you know entice. Um, it doesn't necessarily need to be <laughs> a sexual thing. Sure, I remember sure. Gulliver's Travels, man. I remember that that cartoon. That was. And I know exactly the shaving scene that yeah, you're talking man. about. They would they that these these elaborate pulley systems. Yeah. Um these elaborate sort of rigging mm-hmm. systems that allowed the Lilliputians to um to to shave Gulliver and to, I don't know, like buckle his shoes. Yeah, and dude. Yeah. Do do all the, the shit that he needed to have done. Yeah. Um and that is if, if from what little I remember about Honey I Shrunk the Kids. Mm-hmm. Wayne Zielinski, the uh, what's his name? The uh, oh, what's the actor? You know what I'm talking about. Um, uh, yeah, I have that open. Yeah. Rick Moranis. Yeah, of course. Duh. Yeah, Rick Moranis. Right. Sorry, the Rick Moranis character. Yes, his he, he was a of the types of inventor. Inventors are usually because inventing really takes place. Most of what an inventor does is it takes place within his head sure. or takes place on sort of boring schematics. Right. So the way that in fiction um, inventors are portrayed um, in order to sort of e- extrapolate and demonstrate to the audience, like the way that their mind works and the mm. way that their process works are these elaborate Rube Goldberg machines. <laughs> yeah, dude. Which is so bizarre. So like it's a, you know, it's this 48 step process. Sure. You know that results. You know that that employs systems of like pulleys and rigging. You know, going all around every section of the house that ultimately results in like toast being cooked right. or you know breakfast being made. Yeah, you know, you've in, ultimately in complicated the, that system by making this. Huge... It, yeah, it's a needlessly <laughs> you know reductio ad, ad absurdum um, you know process to 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 you know do something that would ultimately just be flipping a switch sure otherwise exactly um and that's and that seems to be that's a sort of common um you know uh commonality between uh the gulliver that gulliver scene that you oh, yeah. so eloquently right. recounted and yeah. and this show yeah um so yeah i it, it was i definitely remember it i think i remember more like the sequels it's like honey i shrunk the Oh no, honey! I blew up the baby. That was yeah. the one where he goes to Vegas and he, oh my you know. God, you're right. But again, it's just like it's just like shifted perspective. It's like yeah. oh, it's a thing, and now it's right. a bigger thing. Yeah, it's a thing, and now it's a smaller thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. and you know, it's you know, it's funny. interestingly enough, uh, the Gull- Gulliver's Travels is a huge book, and 
the, his next adventure, or one of the subsequent adventures he goes on, he is a tiny person in a land of giants. So he has, he's given that that alternate Shoes perspective. Yeah, yeah. So it's yeah. kind, it's kind of cool. Um, definitely recommend reading it. It's a really good satirical uh, book. Um, yeah, absolutely. We'll, we'll we'll have to tell. You need to come back here, and we'll go we'll go back to Swifts. There you go. The, oh yes, on the East Village, and we'll 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 talk about it. Um, is that why I don't know if I knew? I, I guess I did know. I did know that you you were like a big Jonathan Swift person. I get that. That must be why we always end up at Swifts, right? Yeah, <laughs> must be right. <laughs> it's also just a great bar. Yeah. That's true. Um. Uh. Okay. So where do we start, man? Yeah, I think we can start with. Uh, we got to start with the musical theme. Let's just, let's figure out the kind of sound we want this goofy show to have. Um, mm-hmm. So you're thinking of it as a goofy show. You you want to keep basically keep the 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 tone the the uh, of the of the disney movie um and not we don't want to darken it up or or or, or you know reboot it or do some sort of you know, the gritty reboot right. of like, <laughs> shrunk the kids or i mean i'm not saying we should i'm just i'm just confirming no yeah confirming that i do want to keep the goofiness don't need to have it um you know we're cool. not where this isn't a a cultural tome of you know, of reference that we're creating. This is just going to be a fun. This is good. This is our lighter fare. This is our lighter. That's good. Fare, you know what I mean? That's good because I think we've probably we've we've gone on the the the, the more serious edge, right? Uh, you know, the the last couple of couple of ones. Yeah, absolutely. Um, even even Space Jam. Even you know, Space Jam. Right. Even Space. We <laughs> what we did to that thing was right. Oh, oh, hang on a second. Um, sure. My door is buzzing. <laughs> riff, riff right. for your life. This is uh, this is how live podcasting works. I guess it's not really live since this is will be this will be uh, recorded. It is being recorded. Um, yeah, for those of you who are listening who haven't seen that 1930s Gulliver's Travels cartoon, it's on YouTube. The whole thing you can watch it. It's it's a uh, it's a Buck Wild cartoon. Um, that's uh, that's that's crazy. It's um, and I'm back, and you're back, <laughs> and yeah. I'm back. Oh, okay. Well, I don't know who that is. Okay, uh, but someone's coming into my house soon. Um, nice. Let's bring him on the show. Just, yeah, <laughs> surprise guest. Whoever walks through my door in a minute. Right. Um, so <laughs> I don't know where we were. Um, um musical team. Musical team. Yeah, so dude. I was thinking when. <laughs> You know, in, in I, I was thinking like, what is sort of like this? And there's obviously there's been like I'm going to see uh, Groundhog Day this afternoon. Oh, right. Um, uh, and so uh, Minchin, uh, what's his name? Steve Minchin, I forget. Tim mm-hmm. Minchin, St- Tim Minchin, who wrote Groundhog Day and Matilda, both sort of like these sort of magical realists. Okay, you know, Rod Dahl, and then of course the the sort of the 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 surrealism of 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 Groundhog Day like he he is so sort of good at at capturing um, the whimsy okay. uh, of uh, that could potentially be inherent to a project like this yeah um, and then the other sort of person I thought the, the project I thought might resemble this was Big Fish um, oh, the Broadway shit. musical yeah dude also adapted from a movie right um, and and you know all like sort of storytelling and whimsy mm-hmm. and it was um it was uh t- uh andrew lippa who wrote that oh, okay um so that that could be that could be a potential yeah like, dude yeah but those are sort of my like serious ones but i, sure. I have some other ones so what okay. do, yeah so what do you think okay i have um 
I I didn't bring uh, any actual musical theater composers to uh, to my list, uh, but I think it's okay. Um, no, that's totally you know fine, I mean? man. Yeah, this may this may think be something where we sort of gotta we gotta look outside the sure. the biz. So here's my first uh, idea for for a, a musical team. What about they might be giants? You have to save the really good ones for like later. <laughs> that's so good. Of course, yes. Okay, God. All right. You want to know what I was going to say? Yeah, I have, I have some more. Yeah, because that's definitely the right answer. Right. They might be giants. I mean, I, I have, I have um, another idea too, but yes, please. Okay. All right. Maybe you're going to top it. All right. So let me let me go. All right. So I love there might be giants. Yeah. I love. They have this sort of like, you know what I love about They Might Be Giants is that they're nerds. And this is a, at the core, this is a, a move or it's a, it's a story about, about a nerd who's afraid of failing. Yeah. Who absolutely. fails by succeeding and yeah. then, and then succeeds by succeeding. Yes. Right. Absolutely. Yes. So right. It, it, so having that, um, having that uh that sort of like geeky pedigree mm-hmm. you know in the um in the uh the composing team i think would be would be really good yeah i was just thinking in terms of just tone and like i'm thinking about that sort of like um sort of uh, really like you know overlit sort of like 90s or 80s or 90s like disney sort of aesthetic and mm-hmm. like what would sort of like pop in and like carly ray jepson carly ray oh. jepson musicalizing honey i shrunk the kids would be really fun, I think. You know, yeah. I think she's got. De- I think she's definitely got a musical score in her. You right. Know? Um, and she's got kind of that like earwormy, uh, sort of like North American pop thing. Sure, like, sure. You know, down um, to the point that I think that she could really, um, you know, she could write some fun, um, some fun show music. Yeah. For for this particular story. Um, but I don't she... think that's as good an idea. As, uh, they might be giants. <laughs> Didn't she do some stage stuff? I feel like I was reading an article. Yeah, recently. no, no, she did. She did. Um, she did uh, Cinderella. Oh, that's right. I think. Um, and uh, I think that's right. I can't be wrong about that on the air. Hang on a <laughs> uh, yeah, it was Cinderella. Okay. <laughs> Red, red. <laughs> I shouldn't have second guessed myself. <laughs> it was it, it, that's what it was, um, and I think she, you know, she has some training, sure, um, uh, in that in that regard, right? Uh, which mm, I don't think she really fits into the cast exactly, but I don't know. We can make room for her yeah. if she wants to be in it. Yeah, you know, do a little uh, like uh, what's her name and waitress. Um, oh yeah, um, um, Sarah. You know what I'm talking about Sarah uh, Bareilles. Talking about the the chick who wrote it, wrote the song. Yes, yes Sarah, Sarah Bareilles. Yes. yes. Um. Anyway. Um. So yeah. Okay. Cool. Oh, so you had another one though. Just one more. Um. Do you know the band Oingo Boingo? The. Yes, I do. <laughs> yes. 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 Uh. Correct. Correct. Again, <laughs> either of those are way way better than my ideas. Um, yeah, um, that's, that would be also really good. I think they might be giants or Oingo Boingo would both be really great. Sort of they're esoteric. I think with Oingo Boingo, you would be committing to a slightly weirder take. That's true. One way I think you could do this, and I think that if we weren't going the literal shrinking route, Mm -hmm. you would need to rely very heavily on puppetry. Um, yeah, yeah. 
uh, you know, like really sort of macro puppetry. Like, right. like the there's a show that's coming to Broadway, um, I think in 2019, um, uh, that's been on its way to Broadway for like many years now. It's a it's an Australian production of King Kong, oh, and they have this yeah. massive, you know, like I don't even know how many puppeteers it takes, but this incredibly intricate, um, uh, you know, giant gorilla mm. puppet. Uh, that is a you know obviously a central part of the show, right? Um, but uh, you could sort of I think that if you if you went the sort of like, uh, do you remember Rogue Artists Ensemble? Yeah, I at, do. Uh, you remember those guys? Yeah. Um, we both know some of the people who are involved in this this theater company um, mm-hmm. in Los Angeles called Rogos is you know multi award winning, um, uh, you know about about a decade old I'd say yeah. uh, Rogue Artist Ensemble mm-hmm. in in Southern California. Um, that uh, that deals, you know, really at the forefront of of puppetry. Um, in the, it would be more like that. It would be more like if you ask Sean Kowalty right to right, like right, direct, right. um, you know, direct uh, Honey I Shrunk the Kids, which he'd probably be like, I'm doing much more important artistic right. work. <laughs> right. Although, wait a second, there are no refusals. So there are no refusals. Right, Sean, if we Sean, do, <laughs> if you, uh, yeah, if, if if we if we call you, you're coming. Yeah. Um, uh, but yeah, that that would be sort of the oingo boingo route. I think. Yeah. Otherwise, if we were going to do the more the the aesthetic that you're talking about mm-hmm. of actually like magically shrinking the audience and and having like a real sort of a realistic experience, right? I think they might be giants is is maybe the better tack. Yeah, dude. That's we'll talk about this a little later, but that's a really good idea. Potentially have Which one? have the actors who actually get shrunk be the size of us normally, but then have huge, um, like uh, being John Malkovich puppets as represented yeah, as yeah, the adults. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. What I mean? of, yeah. Oh, it'd be so exactly. tight. Um, yeah. Um. No. No. Totally. Yeah. That. That's sort of the. Well, when it, you could have like a Matryoshka doll situation where the audience is literally shrunk, not to like action figure size right. like in the the movie right but they're shrunk to say just to give them the experience they oh sure say they're shrunk to like a third of their size right, right so they're right. like little you know pygmy size yeah the actors are regular size <laughs> right and then the the blown up world is all done with very very intricate puppetry yeah um i like that yeah dude. um or yeah i don't know yeah i don't know you could you could have like the the anyway, there's 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 a few ways you could do it of course. Uh, to establish perspective. Yes, yes. Um, yeah, man. Uh, hang on a second. Get back to the thing. Cool. Uh, so okay, I, I look. Put that in, man. Put that in an in ink. Okay. I like. Uh, I like. There might be giants, and that's awesome. Awesome. Okay. They are. They've been chosen. Okay. You've been chosen. Yes. Apologies. Uh, apologies. Or congratulations. So what, what's next? Uh, let's uh, let's let's do <laughs> the let's do the cast right. Let's uh, let's start with. The the inventor Wayne Zielinski. Interesting to note that there are no famous people in the, it's not even nobody who even later became famous other than uh, Rick Moranis <laughs> right? in this movie. Like it's it is a it is a parade of nobodies. Yes, um, which is fine. It just sort of frees us up. Like we don't yeah, have it to. Does. It really does adhere to really anything um, except for um, except for Wayne Zielinski. Right. Um, okay, man. You want to go first? Uh yeah, I have I have what I believe is the nut, so I'm gonna save that one for the last suggestion. Okay. Um the... Okay, you want me to go? Yeah, yeah. Okay, go, go ahead. Go, uh, oh, okay. Well, so all right, so if we're going the the actual realistic Broadway route, uh-huh. 
which I don't necessarily think we have. We we should. Right. Um, I think Hunter Foster would be fantastic. Oh yeah, uh, he's age age appropriate, yes. and he's got the chops. He played, um, you know, he's played lead roles in a lot of shows, but right. he um, uh, he did um, Seymour in Little Shop, mm-hmm. which is sort of a similar. Well, actually, also another uh, in the movie that was also Rick Moranis. Yes. yes. Um. So that and. Uh, another is a, probably a, maybe a little too old, but it doesn't really matter. We right. don't really concern ourselves with no. age appropriateness on this show. Certainly um, not. Nor- Norbert Leo Butts. Oh, um, yeah, dude. Would do a great job. Yeah. Um, also, the lead of Big Fish, the yes. show that I, I sort of referenced earlier. Right, right. Um, and I have a few more, but do do you want to do you want to do another? Not the nut, but yeah. another one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, do you know who Jimmy Simpson is? I do, and yes. That is a wonderful idea. I think he'd be great. I saw him. I saw him. The Farnsworth invention on Broadway. Yes. Oh, that was such a good play, dude. That was so. Wasn't good. it great? We may have seen that together, did we? We, we might have. We might have. Huh. Yeah. Um. Yeah. That's a. Re- is that the nut? Is that like the no, one? No. That, that that's really good. It's. I think that's that's my Broadway chops suggestion. Um, okay. But it's not the the nut. Uh, at least okay. what, what I what I perceive it to be. Anyhow. Jimmy Simpson. You it, immediately everything fills in. Like you know exactly how that would go. Right. He'd be perfect. He, that's much better than the two that I just suggested. <laughs> um, that's really really good. Um, you gotta stop dunking on me so much, man. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but the um, all right. So the uh, like, I, I have two more sort of suggestions that sure. are both sort of like um that are both uh they're sort of all right. So in one like. There's no reason that he needs to be a sort of like, you know, little nerdy white guy. What about a like just what about a Zizansari? Oh yeah, dude. Yeah. Or alternatively, if we're thinking like the sort of comedian route, sure. um, John Mulaney. I think that oh, that would be also very funny. Dude, John Mulaney would be um, great. Yeah. Yeah, they're both sort of like you know, it would be. They're they obviously both are comfortable on stage. Sure. They both are you know major stand ups. Right. Um. And then the other one, and I don't think this is such a good... I was like, oh, what a good idea when <laughs> right. I thought of it. And then I, I sort of... Uh, now I'm maybe thinking better of myself. Right. But so it's it's Wayne and his wife, right? Yeah. And his wife is kind of a... You know, she's sweet. Like, they they have a good marriage, right? Yes, they do. Um, and she is very indulgent and, you know, understanding of his proclivities and his sort of need to be a tinkerer yes. and a whatever. Like, so it's a demonstration of a, of a, of a healthy marriage between maybe an eccentric, perhaps a like fatally eccentric person and, and somebody who can, who can weather that. Yeah. Um, what about Ben Foster and Danielle Fischel? What about, what oh, about, uh, yeah, dude, Corey and Topanga? What about we take the boy meets world <laughs> dream couple and we just plug them in now that they're sort of age appropriate to like be parents. They were the dream um, couple. Well, they will. They they forever always were. Yes. Topanga forever. Right? Yeah, of course. I mean, of course. Yeah, Topanga then, Topanga now, Topanga till till yeah. we die. You know. Right. Um, but uh, and you know, but the, the the weird thing about that this is a digression, but like mm-hmm. the weird thing about that is that you never really resented Corey. No, Wait, that's was right. It, it's a. It's not is it is he Corey? No, was Corey the friend? Uh, he might have been. Uh, Wait a second. 
No, yeah, no, Corey, Corey was, no, Corey was Ben Foster. Okay. The friend is Sean. That's right, the that's friend, right. The friend is Sean, and that was Ryder Strong. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> Just the dumbest name. Right. <laughs> um, but you didn't really resent Corey. You were like, oh, no, I get it. Like, that's, you know, you guys are, like, there was a, there was a sense of, like, finality to, like, they, these two are, yeah. um, you know. Um, he was before, he was what he was before Shia LaBeouf was what he was. You know what I mean? Like, I, I put them sort of in the same vein of existence as far as the, that goofiness. Um, they're definitely like a road diverged in a yellow wood yes. sort of a situation. And <laughs> right. Ben Foster is on one end of that. End, right, right. And the beef is on is decidedly on the other. Yes, yes. Uh, if we did want to go dark uh-huh. with this, if we wanted to, like, you know, go the Oingo Boingo route, sure. then I do think that we need to give pick up the phone and call the beef right right, right um because that that is you know that that could be a, a, a fruitful vein absolutely um all right man hit me with it okay um so we're gonna have some we're gonna have the sweet technology um and some sweet inventions that are gonna help us uh, logistically with this show and wait 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 i have one more suggestion okay go for it ben schwartz who is Jean Ralphio on Parks and Rec? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> He'd be good because he's less of a nerd, I guess, but right. he's still kind of like got that. He's great. Anyway, I would just, yeah, I, I'd like to fit him into this somehow. Anyway, I'm sorry, you were, you, okay. were you were about to hit me. No, he he definitely brings some suaveness into that role, but still maintain mm-hmm. that level of of nerdiness that I think is mm-hmm. necessary. Um, he's nerdy with a quaff. Yes, indeed. Um, so yeah, so we're gonna have those sweet inventions uh, that 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 top of the line technology that no one else has ever seen. That's gonna help us with the logistics of this show, and I think we need to go to where uh, to where this um, this uh, tree of knowledge was planted, and I think we cast Elon Musk as Wayne Zelensky, <laughs> and we use his Russian fighting Whoa. technology to shrink uh the audience the cast the musical team everybody i love it i love it we're definitely gonna have to commission elon to like crack the tech yes um uh and we'll we'll give him temporary access to our um you know to our sources of course paranormal sources Mm -hmm. as it were yes uh to help him as as needed right um but uh to have a billionaire world famous um futurist and inventor Mm -hmm. actually on stage maybe he can do a talk back every once in a while sure you know be like a be like a little you know sort of ted talk folded in oh yeah to the uh to the experience right i think absolutely and yeah I i think that maybe you you turn it into a whole sort of like you kind of it, it becomes its own sort of like little standalone world's fair. Oh yeah, um, you know uh, that he can talk about sort of the tech used in the show mm-hmm. and talk about other tech that that maybe maybe he becomes like our sort of like um, our sort of like explanatory avatar for um, for all of the tech that we use in all of the shows. Yeah, dude, and he can sort of like do a, do a you know a weekly sort of seminar um, walking people through that. Um, Normally, I would just suggest that we have like an animatronic, you know, uh, <laughs> right. Elon Musk. But sure. hey, we've got him. We've got so him. So let's just let's use him. Have him do it. Yeah, dude. Yeah. Uh, 
Really good idea. Yeah, man. Okay, so you want should we should we should we just run down through the the rest of the yeah, cast? Yeah, yeah. Let's run down because I definitely want to get to the design aspect and and how we're gonna put on the show because I have a couple ideas. Um, so ne- okay. next is Diane Zelinsky, the wife of Wayne, and I just mm. think we need just a mom ass mom. You know what I mean for this show? Mom ass mom. Yeah. Who's the, who's the momest ass mom? You know who I who's like? Who's momming at the moment? I really enjoy Laura Dern. Um. She's pretty. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, I think she'd be great. Could we do? Could we do like? Could we do like circa like two thousand five? Laura Dern. Absolutely. Um. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. I'm into that. Yeah. I had down Anna Kendrick. Oh. Um. Yeah, dude. And we can possibly because I feel like she could be a mom ass mom. Yeah, she totally can. Um. But maybe we. I don't know. Maybe we age her up a little bit. Sure. She's still. She's sprightly. <laughs> right, right. Um. Right. Uh. Also, just I feel like. I feel like she'd be fun to work with. Oh yeah. Um, okay. Uh, what about, all right. So next I guess is the, the daughter, right? right. Amy, Amy. Yes. And she's a teen. She's a teenager. She is a teenager. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I have, oh, hang on a second. Sure. Yeah. Who is? Oh, come on in. Live podcasting, okay. everybody. Live podcasting. Hey, <laughs> my, my whole family just came. Oh, came tight, out. dude. That's yeah. Yeah. It's great. <laughs> I always get. I'm like a dog. I get right. excited right. when I come home because I never, I never know. Right, you never know if they'll ever come back. I never know if they're actually going to return. Um, <laughs> oh my god, you came back. Right. Um, so, uh, all right. So for the daughter, yeah. Um, what about Kiernan Shipka from Mad Men? Oh. She turned into such a great actress. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, dude. Um, Maybe you're you're probably you're probably overcasting at that point because she's like you know. I don't know how much of a role that is, right. but you know, why not? Why we got, not? Yeah, we got we got Blake Griffin to quit the NBA. We did that's very um, true. Uh, and what's the other one? Um, Aulia Cravalho, who plays Moana, like, and she performed at the Oscars. Oh, she'd be per- she'd be great. She's a little teenager. Yeah, dude, she'd be awesome. Yeah. Um, um, what do you got? I got uh two ideas. Uh, Kat Dennings. Um, she is in, make sure I have this right. No, I know who Kat Dennings is. Yeah, she's two broke girls and stuff. Yeah. Uh, Kat Dennings, uh, I think would do, would do great. Uh, and Kristen Stewart, I have as the daughter. All right. I'm not going to say no to either of those. (laughs) I think she's supposed to be like a kid though, right? Or she's, she's a teenager, she's, uh, a teenager who's interested in boys, certainly. Because I think one of the, uh, the older brother of the neighboring family who also gets shrunk has a crush on her. Um, okay so she's like all right so she's like yeah okay yeah. got it she's like an older teenager yeah yeah um okay uh i think we got some good options there sure, we'll sort sure. of like we'll we'll, we'll think you know we'll do some we'll do some interviews we'll 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 get our smoothies and put on our sunglasses yes. and sit and just you know watch some uh you know we'll, we'll bring him in for a read yes of course um nick Zelinsky right. is like the son of wayne and is like a little like he's like a little mini me, right? Yes, yeah. Um, um, I have no ideas for this. I, I just put some little nerd. Some little nerd. Um, some little nerd. <laughs> right. Um, do you have anyone specific, or should we just this is a this is going to be a child actor, right? Right. So yeah, it has to be a child eh. actor. And I, you know, it's I've I've kind of erred on the side of making these actors actually older than the characters that they're most likely going to be portraying. Um. Which is, I think, probably smart. Right, right. right. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so I have two people down for this, potentially. Uh, Rupert Grint, 
um, who was in uh, Harry Potter. He, oh, you know, yeah, he's freaking what's his name? Yeah. He's uh, yeah, um, uh, the guy, the guy, yeah, the redhead. Yeah, no, I know who that is. Oh uh, yeah, so uh, <laughs> I think he's like twenty eight. Yeah, something. yeah, no, I think that's he is. fine. Yeah, um, that's and, okay. And uh, Jesse Eisenberg, um, I think it'd be cool because I really like him. Um. I really like him too. I almost feel like we should have him in the hunt for Wayne too. Also, a good idea. Um, you know, they're making a do... bio flick of uh, Marcel Marceau, and he's going to be playing Marcel Marceau. The um. Wow. Yeah. Wow, that is really cool. Yeah. I could I can immediately see that, but it's like it's predicated upon his ability to like be a really really great. Mine. Right. I, <laughs> I hope like, he's starting training now. You know what I mean? I, yeah. I imagine that. Look, if they can have, if they can teach Ryan Gosling to play like, like, just fierce jazz piano right. like, the way that they did, <laughs> right. it, like, I, I still am in disbelief that they that he successfully um, pulled that off. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm I'm really you know like he really did a good i i thought people were telling me that like oh yeah that's him i'm like no it's not there's absolutely no way they like photo you know they they, sure. they spliced somebody else's hands doing that right. onto anyway um okay cool yeah dude so okay what's next uh next uh the father of um of the next door neighbor of big russ thompson he is so affectionately he's called. kind of a dick right yeah he's kind of a dick um kind of a uh yeah total dick um I have a couple ideas. Do you have any? Yeah, I do. Okay. Um, first is Owen Wilson. Okay. Um, could be kind of a dick. Yeah. You know, like do that. All right. Sure. The second is Billy Zabka, who is the bad guy from Karate Kid. <sighs> so good, dude. Sweep the leg. Sweep the leg. Uh, um, and the third one is Adam Devine from Workaholics, and also uh, Pitch Perfect. Yeah. That'd be kind of a funny take because he's not like a a sporto right right bad guy right like the way that it's cast in the movie sure but he is kind of he'd be a funny antagonist yes yes right uh yeah and i i think we have very different ideas which is good um (laughs) (laughs) Uh, i misunderstood the assignment (laughs) (laughs) um so i for the neighbor uh big russ thompson two ideas um David Hasselhoff and uh okay. and or Tom Selleck. Just two oh, wow. dad ass dads. These are two grandpa ass grandpas. <laughs> but yeah, sure. <laughs> I, mean, I mean I'm thinking Tom Selleck in the Magnum PI era. Right. We're talking Mr. Baseball. Yes. Era. Yes, absolutely. I dig that. Yes. In uh, yes, Magnum That's also like all right, so if you have I think that you are you are catastrophically underestimating the magnetism of Magnum P.I. era Tom Selleck. Yeah, dude. Because if that, in any realistic world in which that person is the next door neighbor, his wife, Wayne Zelesnik's wife has already left him. Yeah, that's true. It, 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 there is, we're playing with fire. Right, that is if we want to put, that's, that is a rare earth element it that is. we're pulling out of the ground. Yes. If we, if we exhume, um, you know, sort of, early 1980s uh tom Selleck. Right. that that's <laughs> it is dangerous that's a powerful force yes. oh my god <laughs> um okay we, we definitely had different ideas yeah right <laughs> any any time where you have like a casting um you've got like a casting file mm-hmm. that includes both adam divine and um and david <laughs> right. 
Um, but dig it though. This, All right, cool. Yeah. All right. So again, we'll 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 work. We'll hammer that out yes, later. Maybe yeah. maybe when we do our recap next week, right, right. We will um we will you know we'll circle back and tell people what we chose. Yes. Um, and this is, is there this, anyone else? Yeah. Uh, this well, this is how the casting process works. You know, this is how we suss it yeah. out. Um, yeah, you're watching the magic happen, right? people. Let's see. Uh, the wife of Big Russ. Um, gotta be hot. Gotta be hot. Absolutely. Um, you know, I I must have been in a particular mood when I was thinking of these ideas, <laughs> because I went I went uh, to some to some uh, to some older generations here, and well, this isn't really older generation, but I think Nicole Kidman would be good um, as um, as as the wife of either Tom Selleck or David Hasselhoff. Um, which is why I chose, uh, which is why I chose her. Uh, dig it. You know what I mean? Dig it. Okay. Yeah. I, um, I do not, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I can't suddenly can't think of any hot actresses. No, I mean, and what I, Amber Heard. What about Amber Heard? She's, she's hot. Yeah. Yeah, dude. Uh, yeah. And right. I, I really want, I mean, the, the design aspect of the show is probably what, what's most important to me. So let's, um, let's zip through these last two. Um, yeah, let's just zip through. Okay. Uh, little Russ Thompson, son of big Russ. Um, I do, I think have a good, um, yeah, just good look, idea. I don't have anyone. So okay. Just, let's do it. Um, I think we get JTT, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, circa, um, home improvement. <clears throat> you know what I mean? Oh my God. Masterstroke. Yes. Oh my God. We're going to make all of the money. Yes. All of it. Right. Just give it to us. Yeah. Back the truck up. Yeah. Um, all right, perfect. Uh, and then the last one is Ron Thompson. Ron? Yeah, the l- I guess little is their brother. Other yeah, kid? yeah. Um, some some little little nerd. Yeah, of, of 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 no consequence. But I think um, Aaron Carter from the like I Beat Shack music video era. I think he'd be mm. he'd be fine. So we want two heartthrobs. Was he a heartthrob? We want. I guess if circa circa that's how I beat Shaq, right? Which I'm still dubious about <laughs> sure. the the veracity of that story. Yeah, about whether or not he beat Shaq. Right. I mean, that's like I feel like Shaq wouldn't be able to just let that go. No, certainly not. I feel like there would have been yeah. Right. Like if that is true, there's also like a follow up story to like how I you know <laughs> how my life was undone <laughs> by Shaq. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the sad, the sad dirge, the sad tale of how, of how Sha- Shaq exacted his terrible revenge right. upon me. Because um, Shaq is still around, and Aaron Carter not so much. Not so much. So perhaps that is the yeah. Um. Anyway. Uh. Yeah. Sure. Sure. I'm into that. Question is yeah. last last thing. Sure. The Rock. Mm-hmm. How does he factor in, dude? I have been racking my brain, and I uh. I I I don't know how I don't know where he goes in this. Well, who's the hero of this movie? Uh, Who is the true hero? The true hero of this movie. The true hero. I think the the hero a hero. One of the definitions of hero is if someone has to go on a journey to make something, uh, I guess, better or fix something. So yeah. I think I think the yep 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 the kids are kind of the hero in the sense that they are shrunk and they have to get their dad's attention. Which finally convinces him that he's successful in what he's doing. Um, uh, any, any, really, any one of the kids. Well, actually, Amy is kind of takes the helm during this whole uh, this whole movie. She kind of is is the boss. Um, but we have we have actors for that. We so do. Can I? Can I? Can I? May I? May I answer my own question? Please do. 
Okay. The hero of this movie, really, is Anti the Ant. <laughs> is Anti the Ant. <laughs> Anti the giant ant who who comes to the who befriends them. Right. Um befriends the kids when they are shrunk and, you know, and in the in the grass and unable to, you know, find their way to wherever it is they're going. Mm-hmm. Anti the uh the kindly uh giant at this point right. by their perspective ant um ends up actually saving the kids from a scorpion attack because apparently they're living right. in a part of the country where there are scorpions yes. in the front yard. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, apparently. Right. Um but there's a scorpion in the yard uh-huh. and the scorpion like comes at the kids and the uh, sorry, I was almost caught on the rock right. I'm like I'm, this is so like <laughs> solid in my mind. Yes. Anti has an epic boss battle with the scorpion. He does. And ultimately, like, saves the kids, but then dies shortly thereafter right. of a um of a of a stinger yeah. attack. Mortal wound. Um and I think literally dies in their arms. It's <laughs> that's true. It is a truly heroic um uh arc that Anti the Ant uh, uh serves right. in the uh in Honey I Shrunk Kids. Yeah, dude, that's the perfect role for the rock. He's anti the ant. My whole thing with the Rock is in, his involvement is that it has to be. He's never going to play a villain, right? Per se. Right. Like, I always want to give him the hero track. Yes, I agree because it's about he's going to be our president, and I don't right. want there to be <laughs> any lingering. So I, I only, I, I'm, I'm fully, you know, I, I acknowledge that my role in this is to be a, just a, a theatrical propagandist. Sure, of course, for the coming, the coming reign. Right. Um, of Dwayne Johnson, yeah. so he's always going to be be sympathetic at the very least, right? Of course, heroic if possible. Yes. Um, okay, cool. So, all right, so we're we're closing in on an hour. Here, yeah. So let's get into the uh, the design stuff that you want to talk about. Uh, yeah, dude. So <clears throat> um, we have a we have a few different options, and this is sort of like a a bottleneck of creativity here. But there is, um, I think we can clone the cast. Um, is for as many members that are actually in the audience watching. And my idea is that when they go into the theater, this is their Gulliver experience, right? They go into the theater, they get this sort of, um, like, glass box or something. And they're holding the cast, they're holding the cast and the stage in this little glass box, and they're looking into the events of the show as it goes on they have headphones on or something and they're watching the show mm-hmm. right so that's 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 one idea um uh you can also um you can also shrink the audience in the sense that they are on stage with the shrunken actors while the mm. adults or the you know the the adult characters are walking around normal size, and you're sort of on this adventure with the kids as they're trying to you know convince uh, you know a little bit of like a sleep no more kind yeah, of immersive dude. thing, exactly. Where you're kind of like a, you're action adjacent. Yes, yes, I like that. Yeah, dude. There, there's definitely a um, getting stepped on liability. There is. You may have to have the the people sign like getting stepped on waivers. Sure, sure, sure. But I feel like I feel like liability waivers are kind of becoming standard in our um you know they are of course in our sort of line of our, our, the particular line of business that we're sort of like forging right 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 
Um, so yeah, I mean, and there's, and I didn't think about actually doing something practical that could actually happen on stage, uh, with your ideas of the huge puppets as adults, you know, and then the audience members have that perspective of being shrunk, but only by the massive, uh, massive puppets. Um, but I think if we were going to do that, we would need to do it in a, <clears throat> it couldn't just be sort of a general like proscenium no, space. No, no. Yeah. Like we would have to, we'd have to do something where there's a sort of panoramic, we'd just maybe build a, um, like for instance, there's a, anyway, yeah, there, the, the, what, so it would have to be sort of a live theatrical event sure. rather than a Broadway show right, per right, se, right, right. you know, yeah. um, maybe something in, in, you know, where the, the audience is on a, a sort of pivoting table in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the action takes place on a, um, on sort of a loop around right. like a 360 degree loop. Yeah. Um, but, uh, anyway, there, there could be a few ways we yeah, could practically dude. do it, but I mean, we're not really no, in, the, no, 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 in the business no. of practicality. Absolutely yeah. not. Um, so yeah. And, and this is where we're really going to have to lean on, uh, Elon Musk to, uh, uh, to get enough of those shrinking rays, out mm-hmm. there to the audience so that we can, you know, shrink everybody accordingly. Um, mm-hmm. Well, we're not going to let him out of the basement until he does. No, that's very so. true. That's very true. That's right. Yeah. He knows that. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, dude. And I think with the potential of shrinking um, either the audiences, the audience uh, or shrinking multiple clones of the cast, we could have uh, people can order versions of the musical and get it shipped to them with these clones of the actors and they're watching their own musical in their own home, not necessarily at a Broadway theater. Uh, Are you suggesting that we clone miniature versions of our cast and like ship them like a, like a comestible product to two people throughout the country? So we're like, we are, we are creating life and then, and then, and then shipping them to people to like, as, (laughs) as toys. I think it has to be. Well, here's here's the deal. We have to we have to make a return on investment. I'm not saying that this is a deal breaker. Right? I'm like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not dismissing this. Uh, I am uh, I am saying that this is just. I'm just affirming that this is what you're doing. This is yes. I am affirming because uh, uh, conversely, this is what would happen otherwise. If we want, if we want the audience to have the perspective of being Gulliver, right? Uh, then you couldn't have more than maybe two to five people actually watching a miniaturized version of these shrunken actors uh, at one time. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Unless you're, uh, unless you're, um, uh, I don't know, unless you have that, uh, like a screen projecting it all. Um, mm-hmm. So, um, but yeah, so yes, let's, let's, we got to ship them. And I think it's, certainly it's something to test out that's never been done and that's what we're all about i i well i love it it definitely it it it, it transgresses some ethical ba- some new ethical boundaries yes, absolutely. in a way that uh you know we have um you know we we've been sort of testing things like yeah uh and i think that we're going to be this is going to be new a new vista for us yes absolutely um in terms of but i think that we've maybe acclimated the world a little bit to like we do things a little bit differently and maybe we don't value life in the same way sure, that you sure. know yeah <laughs> um <laughs> <All right. laughs> but uh yeah so uh so listen man i i i think that this is this is, sounds like a a another rousing success yes indeed and I have a I have a proposition. Yeah, please. I would like to, because uh, we're 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 going we're, we're past the hour mark here. Mm-hmm. When we reconvene, 
we so we can either do a little special um because uh, I've got to get to the theater sure, so dude. seeing the the show um we can either reconvene to sort of uh, talk about the opening night party right. and which is obviously always a, a signature element of our of any of our productions yes, yes, of course. or we can simply recap it in the the uh, beginning part of the next uh, episode and we can let let the people know how how we did our how we did the damn thing once again yeah dude yeah we'll, we'll let the people know next time uh the beginning of the next episode um because they're still working out where the uh the opening party is going to be but there's uh there's definitely a short list definitely we have to consult with mr fliff yes, as always um you know and uh and the authorities because obviously that's that's now a consideration yes of course um after the batman uh situation <laughs> yes <laughs> so uh all right man um this has been great yeah dude uh until next time until next time uh thank you for for your uh your beautiful recollections oh. and and the uh you know the font of your creativity <laughs> as always this has been a pleasure thank you thank you um and we will see you all next time on dreamcast podcast all right see you later particle man particle man doing the things a particle can what's he like it's not important particle man is he a duck or is he a speck? When he's underwater, does he get wet? Or does the water get him instead? Nobody knows, Particle Man.